Hey guys, this is Stowe Bishop with Radio Rothbard, and I wanted to let you know about an exciting event we have coming up on September 23rd in Nashville, Tennessee. One of Ron Paul's favorite lines was, truth is treason and the empire of lies. Americans around the country are waking up to this reality, war across the globe, regulating free speech at home, printing trillions of dollars. The regime accepts no limits to its power. Speaking on this topic, we all have brave truth tellers, including Ted Carpenter, Michael Rechtenwald, Jonathan Newman, and many more. Again, this is on September 23rd in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. You can find more about this event and get your tickets at Mises.org slash Nashville 23. Welcome back to Radio Rothbard. I'm Ryan McMakin. I'm an executive editor here at the Mises Institute. And joining me today is my co-host, as usual, Tho Bishop, an associate editor and a marketing guy here at the Mises Institute. And we're going to talk about federal agents today. You may have noticed that there's been a whole bevy of articles in recent months about how IRS agents are getting a lot of guns. And I'm just looking here, one example of many. This is a late April article from Fox Business with the headline, IRS plans to hire gun-carrying special agents in all 50 states. And it goes on to talk about how the IRS plans to spend boatloads of money on hiring agents who will be armed and who will, of course, then apparently have some sort of direct enforcement power as federal agents, enforcement power to be applied against ordinary Americans and American citizens. Now, this is just the latest flare-up of this issue, however, because if uh, you're just, if you've been around just a few years, You'll remember back during the late time of the Obama administration, 2016 uh, and on into 17, discussions about uh, boatloads of federal agents from a wide variety of agencies getting uh, guns in large numbers and millions of rounds of ammunition being bought up by the administration for its uh, alphabet federal agencies. And in fact, there was even a discussion at the time because at the time there was uh, a perceived, I, I didn't look a whole lot into the details, um, but I do know from having to stand outside the sporting goods store uh, at opening time was if you wanted ammo, you had to really go looking for it. So there was a ammo shortage even in those late Obama days. And some of this was then blamed on the fact that the federal government was buying up millions of rounds of it. And obviously that's going to have an effect, as Rothbard pointed out in uh, his articles, noting the many effects of federal spending is that the federal government, when it spends its money, is competing with regular people for those resources that it's buying, driving up your cost of living, causing supply squeezes for regular people. Uh, so this issue is really about six years old, I think, in terms of, well, really seven years old in terms of being uh, a frequent topic of discussion. And again, it's not just the IRS. Back in 2016, we saw reports of the Small Business Administration 
uh, arming agents with Glocks. We saw the Department of Veterans Affairs uh, arming its agents for what? I have no idea. Uh, although some research by an organization that we're going to go into uh, a little bit more here noted that back in 1996, the VA had zero employees with arrest and firearm authority. By 2017, the VA had 3,700 officers armed with millions of dollars worth of guns and ammunitions, including AR-15s, six-hour handguns, and semi-automatic pistols. Department of Health and Services has been arming its agents. And this is all on top, of course, of the FBI and the BATF and other federal agencies that are called law enforcement agencies in their own right. Um, so let's just talk about that a little bit, uh, because really, I think the larger effect of this is that the federal government finally got their standing army. Uh, for centuries, going back at least to the 17th century, Englishmen and later Americans, and then also French liberals, Italian liberals as well, uh, decry the idea of a standing army that could be inflicted upon the domestic population at the behest of the executive branch within each country. And then, of course, in England, this was something specifically the, the first explicit libertarian group called the Levelers back in the 17th century opposed. They wanted a decentralized army composed largely of volunteer militias because they feared that the king would use uh, any sort of large number of armed personnel under its direct purview against Englishmen directly. So, sure. Yep, the U.S., thanks to the Posse Comitatus Act of, I believe, 1878, you cannot use the U.S. military directly against American citizens in any sort of law enforcement capacity. But hey, fortunately, the federal government found a way around that. They found a way to simply have hundreds of thousands of federal troops be armed with guns so that those people have the explicit uh, prerogative to use those guns against American citizens because they're, quote unquote, enforcing the law. So that's where we are now is uh, we have uh, a army sized group of federal agents with guns buying up millions in ammo in order to point those guns at Americans and to threaten them with it, to show up on your doorstep. You're an IRS agent. You're a uh, <laughs> you're a small business administration person. I mean, they want to arm all of these people, claiming that they, they feel threatened and they need protection. Well, all it does, of course, is vastly increase the ability of the federal government to threaten people, uh, to threaten enforcement, and to expand its power in general. So it just seems like the latest step, this latest logical step, really, that the federal government would want to do, because every federal law requires enforcement if you want it to actually be carried out. So uh, the federal government passes boatloads upon boatloads of laws and regulations out from there that stack up into huge book size volumes every year of new regulations. Well, somebody needs to enforce that. And fortunately now the federal government has its standing army directly answerable to the executive branch that can go out with its guns and make sure that ordinary people answer directly to the federal government and that the, the state governments and local governments aren't even intermediary powers. 
So that's America in 2023. And it would seem that a good first step would be, uh, even without abolishing these organizations, starting to disarm federal agents. And why stop there with just the IRS? That's a problem with the right wing often, is they, they only get angry about tax collectors. They, we should be disarming all federal agents. And probably the states could have a role in that as well, in, in uh, uh, nullifying and refusing to assist federal agents uh, in these endeavors. And so I think we just really need to start looking at ways that uh, that, that can be done. Defunding, de-arming, and just de, uh, de-toothing these federal agencies. Though, what do you think? No, obviously, I'm, I'm in full agreement there. And then, you know, I, I know another one of those big Obama escalations was the arming of the Department of Education, um, you know, which, again, why, why, why do they need a SWAT team? I mean, that's really taking uh, student loan debt collection to a whole new level there. And of course, this is paralleled recently with the significant growth of the footprint of the U.S. Capitol Police, um, really driving home that Imperial Guard dynamic when you have uh, police forces whose entire position is to serve the security interests of uh, the the U.S. Capitol um, with offices in Florida and California with the explicit goal of being proactive uh, becoming a proactive agency, agency such as the Secret Service, according to their um, PR efforts. Um, and w- what I find interesting is, is twofold. One is that this expansion and the, the armament of these various federal bureaus is coming at a time, you know, one of our common themes on here on Radio Rothbard, um, you know, as you see uh, growing distrust um, over the integrity of these agencies at the same time as you see an increase in uh, the, the aggressiveness of these agencies dealing with, with very you know, sensitive issues, you know, sending in FBI agents to interrogate parents upset about public school material and things like that. Um, and then you have, the, of course, the, the larger dynamic there of concerns about, you know, two-tiered system of justice and, and you know, the, the, the political dynamic within that. Um, and so what you're and, – and within that, the willingness of political grassroots to express their frustration with this growing dynamic um, – it's something that, I mean, for example, uh, last week or so, um, the Republican Party of Idaho um, passed a resolution as a state party, has no binding legal you know, significance, but as a collective state party, um, you know, pushed, pushed a resolution calling for um, ba- the abolishment of the FBI if it cannot be retooled or reformed in a way to deal with the grievances that many Republican voters have. Um, you know, again, all this ties into the Trump stuff, but, you know, that has, has really shook that trust there. Um, there are similar movements going on here in Florida dealing with the Capitol Police uh, uh, you know, expanded presence here um, with the expected uh, belief that they are looking to, to grow beyond their Tampa location that currently exists and a grassroots approach by, you know, average citizens that really don't have much say out of 
you know, political party sort of dynamics, right? Like, you know, if you, they're, they're, these, these are not, the, 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 there's, a, there's a major disconnect between uh, the, the, the actual political class, the, the, the representatives, and the clear anger of the population here. Um, you see some uh, allusions to this anger with stuff in D.C. that is more theatrics than it is policy, right? We have Jim Jordan's weaponization of the federal government committee um, that Thomas Massey serves on. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that stuff is going on, right? I'm, I'm glad that there is there's a committee to to investigate this sort of stuff, and you know, you know, I, I, I like Jim Jordan more than your average member of Congress. Fine, that's 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 great, but um, hearings are one thing; action is another. And I think when you see, if we tie this to the political theater right now of the, the 2024 dynamic, um, one of the, the interesting things is that within the Republican side, the race there is to prove, you know, is, is to basically outflank Trump on the feds are against us dynamic, right? So, so obviously Trump, um, you know, more as a result of the way that the feds are treating him more than any action he took as president. Um, you know, he, he has, he's kind of an icon of this revenge you know, of, of federal injustice in the eyes of your average Republican voter. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis is trying to sell a narrative that, well, as a governor, he took on the feds when it came to COVID tyranny. He's got a multi-piece plan for dealing, you know, he's not gonna drain the swamp, he's gonna break the swamp, I think is his, go is, is, is his new camp line on the stump right now. And so he's trying to outline a very wonky, a wonkish sort of, of, of agenda there. He can follow through being a different thing, but that's where he's trying to position. Um, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, is similarly trying to, you know, you know he, he's, he's kind of running to that message. And so there's, there's a light out there where there's, there's a large segment of the American population, the, the overwhelming majority of Republican voters that candidates are trying to lean into. And yet, and when it comes to actual, you know, reform, Congress is toothless. The Senate, I mean, you know, most Republican senators are, you know, wagging their finger at the irresponsible rhetoric of their colleagues in the House, um, you know, over the, this weaponization narrative. And to the, to, as it stands right now, state actors have not taken this stand either. So this is something where the base, I think, is, is more aligned with us than it has been in a very long time, but there has been no transition to that to political reform. And I'm, I'm interested to see how that frustration, you know, does, does that create a dynamic where this attention, this heightened awareness of the concerns of having this federal imperial guard, does it go away with, you know, the next time Team Red takes office, or is this something that, that can actually be organized into something that can make a difference? History would give us reasons for pessimism on this. Um, but it, it is interesting where all these stats and figures that our crowd, our people have been aware of for a very long time. Again, you know, the best aspects of uh, the, 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 the mainstream conservative movement simply sound like Lou Rockwell 20 years ago. 
um, there, there's more awareness of the concerns that we that that you know, the Mises Institute and and fellow travelers have been warning about for quite some time. Um, but to the degree that it is translating into actual form is still out there. So this is why we need to continue to beat the drum and and um, you know remind states that they do have some of the the muscles here to detooth some of these very sinister actors. Yeah, I agree. I think it's all to the good <clears throat> when you've got members of Congress just asking, why does the IRS need so many armed agents? I mean, the question needs to be asked publicly. And if they're not doing it, nobody in Congress is doing it, right? And so it's a question that just should be quotable, should be used, even if the legislative outcome is not really anything at this point. But it at least keeps the issue alive. And that's what you're going to have to do. You're just going to have to really continue banging on the drum of that. These federal agencies, um, they're abusers of power. It's great that the FBI uh, is being seen for what it is, an abusive agency that looks out for federal power and couldn't care less about even law enforcement. Because as we've shown on this site before, uh, they, they, they're very uninterested in prosecuting criminals who actually hurt ordinary people. They're obsessed with finding criminals who uh, desanctified their precious Capitol building in Washington. That's what really, you know, how much time and effort did they spent on uh, prosecuting grandma who walked around in the rotunda there uh, one afternoon in uh, January. So. Meanwhile, letting horrible sex perverts go free, uh, like that guy who abused all those gymnasts. The FBI just simply couldn't be bothered. Uh, meanwhile, claiming that they're key to maintaining law and order in America. Obvious nonsense. Uh, and as we've noted before, federal law in general, if it's that important, the states will have a law governing it. If food, food purity laws are important, the states will have their own laws, which they already do. You don't need the USDA on top of it. <clears throat> If you need regulation of natural resources, the states can already do that, which of course they do. There's already departments of natural resources in every state. And all of this, the federal, the federal government is just an extra layer on top of everything states are already doing, costly, uh, unnecessary, and increasingly heavily armed. So that instead of you having to, as a uh, president, having to ask the states for help, you can just send your hundreds of thousands of troops, uh, i.e., oh, pardon me, federal agents to carry out your laws. And uh, part of the reason that this has some recent headlines is that there's an organization that's been doing this for a while called Open the Books. And uh, their, their site is openthebooks.com. And then they have a, a page, the militarization of federal bureaucracy. Now, I think the first time they released a report was indeed in 2016. And that, that did cover a lot of the new gun purchases for organizations like the VA and such. Uh, they recently updated their numbers in uh, up through March 31st of this year. So you can go to that page. We'll link it in the description. They link to a, a few articles that I think are relevant on this. There was one at the, the, the journal called Why Does the IRS Need Guns? There was uh, one in Forbes from 2019. Why have President Trump's regulatory agencies stockpiled so much firepower? And, uh, and then the earlier, most recent uh, report from Open the Books, also an update in 2021. And let's, one of the, the most shocking, I think, statistics they have is here specifically... They, they add up all the numbers, 
And they show that, quote, there are now more federal agents with arrest and firearm authority, 200,000, in parentheses, than there are U.S. Marines, 186,000. So this is an army of these people. Uh, and I note some of the other details. Um, 76 agencies are uh, regulatory agencies, EPA, Social Security Administration, Veterans Affairs, Internal Revenue Service, Health and Human Services. Unclear why they would need any sort of law enforcement um, role at all. Uh, the sorts of money they spend as of 2023, uh, since 2006, $3.7 on guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment, 3.7 billion. While it might not see like seem like that much in the age of uh, massive bailouts for J.P. Morgan, that's a huge chunk of many entire state budgets. So this isn't exactly nothing. Uh, just imagine if you let states and ordinary people keep that money rather than uh, letting guys at the VA buy up AR-15 so they can shoot you in the face with them for some unknown, never clarified reason. Uh, now, of course, some of these agencies are traditional law enforcement, as we noted. But again, all of these agencies should just be uh, de-armed. Um, and if it's so important that they need these guns, let them make the public case for it. Start out by disarming all of them, and then they can make the case to get their guns back. I'm sick of all of these conservatives where it's always, oh, the, the burden of proof is on the side of freedom. The burden of proof is on those people who don't, who want to stop giving federal agencies money. Well, you have to prove to me that we don't need the Department of Justice to be heavily armed. No, how about they prove that they need it? How about they can prove that they're constitutional, which of course they can't prove because they're not, there's no authorization. And uh, let them prove that they should be able to directly enforce federal law without the assistance of the local sheriff or any law enforcement. Let them make the case for that. Let them beg in Congress and have public hearings about why any federal agent needs a gun. Uh, because they don't. And if it's a real crime, there's already state laws against it anyway. So I would love to see it where none of these people... Uh, had any arms whatsoever. You know, one of the funniest videos online, I watch a fair number of those uh, uh, police videos where the police either are doing a decent job or they're screwing up. It's usually body cam footage and stuff. One of the funniest videos is when there was uh, this ATF agent that was basically just going door to door asking to see people's guns. And... <laughs> Uh, so this guy who's dressed totally unprofessionally, I don't know if you've noticed this, but this is a trend with federal agents now is they dress like homeless people and, and then they behave unprofessionally. Um, I, I don't know where they find these people. Um, you know, they probably find them at the bottom of their class, uh, the high school dropouts, who knows? And, uh, he was working for the ATF and just went to this house because her husband had bought a bunch of guns and he, you know, he had to make sure that they had the right to have those guns. So he knocks on the door, demands to come in. He basically just wants to do a home search with no warrant. And the woman panics. She doesn't know who this guy is. She calls the local police. The local cops show up and they arrest the guy. And uh, the guy, of course, refuses to show them ID, makes a big deal, absolutely does not comply immediately, just like cops are always telling ordinary people they should be doing. Tries to tell them, oh, he's a federal agent. They can't arrest him. 
Uh, and then, of course, uh, defaults to all the usual, oh, I, I have a back problem. You can't cuff me. I'm in excruciating pain. Let me go. Ow, ow, ow. Uh, that's federal agents for you. Fortunately, that guy wasn't armed. Um, just imagine if all these guys were armed to the teeth. They should all be completely unarmed and be at the mercy of local law enforcement. I would love to see a lot more videos of those guys getting arrested by local law enforcement. So that would just really be delightful. There was a funny incident um, last couple of years where a agent with the, uh, the ATF accused two Columbus police officers in Ohio for using excessive force against them. Uh, because, you know, an ATF officer was doing a, uh, you know, they, they, there was this, this big um, push the ATF was having where they were visiting people that had purchased guns. And, uh, and so a, a Ohio resident called the local sheriff because, you know, they, they, they were not happy with this. And, and the sheriff's officer acted against the ATF agent and the ATF agent didn't like that. There's there's this larger dynamic within I think you know the, the, the intellectual right circles right now where you still have while the the underlying ideology might have shifted some from you know kind of peak Bush neocon days often there's there's a a more um, you know you see this a lot with with something like the, the Catholic integralists you know the people like Padre Deneen and and Sarab Omari and and stuff like and people like that where there there is still this romantic romantic notion of the need for a very strong centralized government um, to, you know, enforce their notion of what a, a conservative regime would look like as the, the response to the left, which, you know, I, I think it's hi highly utopian, <laughs> the, the idea that we're going to have some sort of a, a grand uh, a Catholic takeover of Washington D.C. is is um, you know I I I don't take their concerns about uh, casting libertarians as being uh, you know fantiful or, or utopian as, as serious given what, what they're pushing for. Um, David Gordon's written uh, I think a few different articles about Patrick Deneen's most recent book, um, kind of making some of these points. Um, so there, there there is sort of that still that kind of core underlying dynamic there with a certain group, and and. Ultimately, though, the recognition that, you know, take, take away the, the larger arguments for liberty and things like that, ultimately, just look at the incentives at play. And the more people within the United States that are armed with the, you know, agreement that they will enforce the edicts of a certain entity that has armed them, the more that is centralized within D.C., um, that is going to lead to very bad consequences in term for, for those who are out of step with D.C. And you know, th this is where you're know, breaking up the, 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 the financial dynamic underpinning all of this is something that you know, anyone crying about the double standard of D.C. has to get serious about. You know, the, the, the economic incentives of what has brought us to this point have to be identified and, and undermined or else you simply get superficial, um, you know, crying about, oh, well, you know, they, they treated Trump poorly. Oh, you know, this this isn't fair. Oh, woke. Oh, this. And while some of those some of those criticisms might, you know, are, are, are more often than not true, you know, you know there, there, there is a, a double standard. There is all this sort of stuff that's 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 all accurate. But if you're not getting to the nuts and bolts of the, the, you know, what is financing 
all of this? What is actually um, uh, leading to the incentive structures that create this ever-centralizing, ever-growing class of federal enforcers that all of your complaint, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's clickbait, superficial content. Um, and it's going to require a lot of, it's, it's, it's require a, a decent amount of backbone and, and courage to actually stand up to any of this sort of stuff. You're always going to get complaints about, oh, well, you know, bad guys are going to do this, this, and this. I mean, again, you, you see this, right? Uh, 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 Lisa Murkowski, um, who you know is the, a fascinating sitter who ke keeps losing her primary and then still continues to win in a very red state thanks to the support of Mitch McConnell. Um, you know she she you know she's trying to turn um, you know, frequently tries to turn the oh well it's the left that wants to defund the police you know we should be supporting our FBI and it's like these these things are not these things are not uh, the, the, the same um, you know think about the the old uh, John Burt Society bumper sticker right like keep keep your sheriff local. Um, you know, making you know, keep keeping the, the 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 financial mechanisms, the 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 people that are benefiting from the the this funding mechanisms, keeping that loyalty closer to the states and the localities, is the only way of checking any of these sort of abuses. And now, obviously, what we would like is for these to be contracted agreements, right? We 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 want an increase further down to the privatization of security, allowing for a marketplace of better security options within our neighborhoods. Um, you know, that is the best way of keeping accountability, keeping, um, you know, a focus on actual crime rather than, you know, you know, uh, you know, you know various non-property related crime, you know, you, know, you, know, you can talk about drug crime, insider trading, all that sort of fun stuff, right? You know, you, you want to keep it to, 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 to real victims. I, I know one of my uh, uh, favorite points that, that you make, um, it, it feels like yearly, uh, identifying the inefficiencies of our current legal process is the fact that how many, uh, the, the, the percentage of homicides that go unsolved within the current regime, and that is with a, a you know, with the, the feds supposed to be, you know, often you know, interjecting their role as, oh, well, it's important to have an FBI because if not, then, you know, a, a, a someone crosses the border and what are you going to do with it? Well, they're, they're not getting caught right now. Um, you know, this is and obviously the state inefficiencies there on down um, with the, the, the broader recognition of this anarcho tyranny dynamic. Um, you know, that, that Sam Francis coined about, you know, the, the allowance for complete disruption, the, 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 the complete violation of crimes on person and property, the crackdown often coming on individuals stepping up to those committing acts against private and property. The state benefits from both of these dynamics. The state benefits from a perception of chaos that it can then use to justify new funds, new, new expansions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You, you, the, the, there is a, a fundamental misorientation with the economic incentives on trying to, to, to instate a, a, a order within society, a protection of person and property. And these are not issues that can be solved with simply empty political rhetoric. They, it's going to require a very strong pushback against the standing institutions that have benefited perfectly well from this racket. 
And again, thankfully, you know, there, there, there is a, a it starts with a, a dynamic of, of public awareness to this. Um, but until you have teeth added, um, you know, at, at the state and local level, until you have more sheriff offices willing to take seriously, um, you know, the, the, the constitutional powers that they have to, um, you know, be the, the, the chief law enforcement officer within their communities. And I, I know that there has been pockets of this throughout um, the country on sheriff officers taking their responsibility to their citizens as being more sacred than getting pats on the back whenever the FBI, you know, some, some FBI agent comes into town because they're such a, a willing and compliant, um, you know, submissive figure um, doing their bidding for them. You know, it, it's going to require a, a level of courage of people to actually you know, take this stuff seriously um, rather than using it for uh, getting easy political points. Yeah, if your local law enforcement agents uh, just take orders from the FBI or the federal government in general, you should regard those people as beta males, uh, beta humans. Um, they, uh, their responsibility is to the local community, not to take orders from uh, the, uh, the chief law enforcement arm of the Justice Department, which is busy running corruption programs to keep the current president and his friends in office. I mean, that's basically what the FBI is there for now. They do a little law enforcement on the side so they can claim they have some sort of purpose to exist, but that's pretty much it. Now, as your comments note, right, funding matters. Uh, the fact that it's it's been all this deficit spending, it's uh, the Federal Reserve deficit spending uh, mechanism that enables this government to run two trillion, three trillion, four trillion dollar deficits, which then spreads around all that marmalade into all of its law enforcement agencies uh, with guns to point at you. And so as long as you're just uninterested in how that money's being spent or how much of it is being spent, they're just going to keep doing that. And they're going to use all that money to enforce federal laws against you, against your business, against your family, against your life. Um, and as long as they have money, they'll also have limitless money to prosecute you in federal court, whereas your defense will all be funded by you personally. You'll have to get a, a third mortgage, liquidate everything you own in order to defend yourself from this army of prosecutors. It's all because of that money. And that matters a whole lot. So the economics of the system is extremely important. And probably just really illustrates just what a coup the uh, income tax was for the federal government. Not only does it bring in a nonstop gravy train of immense amounts of money, but it also creates a direct relationship between you and the federal government. So now that the federal government can claim, hey, we need all these guns so our IRS agents can enforce federal law, which directly applies to each individual person who needs to pay their fair share. Unless, of course, you're Hunter Biden and then you don't really have to pay your fair share at all. Daddy will make sure every uh, problem goes away. So that's how it all works, and the uh, the money pipeline is uh, is key to all of that. But in the meantime, even if you can't get rid of these agencies in entirety, uh, the next step should be defund them. Defund all federal police, 100% of them. Certainly disarm 100% of federal police. It has nothing to do with keeping peace on the streets in your local community, zero. It's not key to that at all. So if you're afraid of thugs busting up your store, I can guarantee you the FBI, Health and Human Services, they're not, they're not part of that. So how much do you want to fund your local police? That's up to you and your local community. 
Um, not up to me to fund that in your city a thousand miles away. If your city turns into a crime-ridden hellhole, I just won't visit there. But I can't escape the federal government and their armed agents don't need those guns. They don't need that money. They don't need their huge incomes and cushy retirements. So that money's just all got to go. So yeah, when Democrats try to accuse Republicans of trying to defund the police, the police, the, the, the Republicans should just come straight out and say, yeah, I do want to defund. I want to defund all federal police. 100%. They should just have the guts to say that, but of course, uh, they're too caught up in uh, the usual conservative ideology uh, to say that. So, but I think we should just wrap up this episode now here on Radio Rothbard looking at federal agents. Um, yeah, I would recommend you check out this report from. Uh, openthebooks.com that looks at just how huge these dollar numbers are and how many uh, guns, how many rounds of ammunition we're talking about here. This is a real army that has been put together to be used against you uh, and specifically against you. It, even, it doesn't even have any federal or any foreign or international relations purpose at all. It is strictly there to enforce laws, federal laws against ordinary Americans. Uh, so check that out, and we'll be back next week with uh, another episode of Radio Rothbard, and we'll see you next time.